Welcome to Climate Watch, a podcast that delves deep into the pressing issue of climate change. I'm your host Wang Zihang. Climate change has led to an increase in the frequency and intensity of extreme weather events. China's northern region, including the capital Beijing, has recently been severely battered by heavy rains and resulting floods. In today's program, we'll closely examine the repercussions of the rains and floods in the affected region and explore possible strategies to better adapt to the impact of climate change. Mentougou District in the west of Beijing is one of the regions hit hard by the recent rainstorms and subsequent flooding. Our reporter Gao Junya visited one of the villages in the district to explore the extent of the destruction caused by the floods. It's been over 10 days since the rare downpour battered Beijing and its surrounding areas. But in Shuiyuzui, a mountainous village in West Beijing's Mentougou district, everything looks like the disaster has just ended. Fallen trees, washed-out walls, piles of mud, and higher-than-normal water levels in the Yongjing River reminds everyone of the severity of the floods. A local resident says the rains were unprecedented. I'm 58 years old. I've never seen such heavy rains in my life. Even people in their 90s have never seen such heavy rains before. Yes, occasionally there were some big rains, but not as big as this one. Beijing authorities say the rains were the heaviest since records began 140 years ago. Beijing Vice Mayor Xia Mao. According to meteorological data, precipitation at a single observatory has surpassed historical records. Notably, Wang Jiayuan Reservoir in Changping District received a staggering 745 millimeters of rainfall. This marked the highest recorded figure since the city commenced instrumental rain measurement. The thick dirt on the road is indicating the floods were serious. The accumulated mud washed up by the floods in the center of Shuiyuzui village tells the same story. Rescue and reconstruction have intensified. Heavy machines such as excavators are removing the sludge, bulldozers are dredging the Yongjing River. Locals are busy clearing mud and debris from their houses. Local authorities in Beijing have set up a recovery timeline. Here's the Beijing vice mayor again. The overall plan is to achieve a basic recovery within a year, improvement within three years, and sustainable long-term development. Specifically, we aim to tackle challenges over about a year, repairing water-related facilities, repairing damaged houses, and enhancing the building of public facilities. In the year ahead, we hope to restore our support capability to pre-disaster levels, and to ensure people's livelihoods are secured. The floods affected nearly 1.3 million people in Beijing. Among them, 33 have died so far. In Mentougou alone, 77% of its 330,000 residents were affected. That's our reporter Gao Junya. The recent heavy rains and floods have also ravaged parts of northern China's Hebei province. Our reporter Yang Guang brings us more. Preliminary data show that 110 counties in Hebei were devastated by rain-triggered floods. Almost 4 million people were affected. So far, 29 people have died from the disaster. 
In Zhuzhou, 70 kilometers southwest of Beijing, 60% of the city experienced flooding, with water levels averaging between 1 meter and 1.5 meters. Yang Chunchang is a local official. There was simply no roads left. Apart from the mountains, there were just water and mudslides. The deepest point was around 1.3 meters, and the shallowest was 70 to 80 centimeters. Thousands of houses were destroyed and more others were severely damaged. The direct economic loss has so far reached about 96 billion yuan, or over 13 billion U.S. dollars. The provincial government said it would take two years for the region to recover from the devastation. That's our reporter Yang Guang. Typhoon-induced rainstorms and floods battered the northeastern parts of China as well. In Jilin province, heavy downpours inundated swaths of farmland and washed away roads and bridges. Jilin's Shulan city is one of the hardest-hit places in the region. At least 14 people have been killed in the province, including Shulan's vice mayor, Luo Xudong. In Heilongjiang province, 370,000 people have been affected by the rainstorms. Downpours have damaged some 260,000 hectares of crops in the province, one of China's major grain production bases. Heilongjiang has issued flood alerts for its major rivers. Those are really heart-rending news coming out of northern China in the wake of historic downpours and flooding. So how much of a role did climate change play in these devastating floods? How can we improve our preparedness for extreme weather events caused by climate change? To find out more, CGTN's Tian Wei spoke to Wu Changhua, China director for the office of Jeremy Rifkin. Uh, Ms. Wu, how would you assess this so far evidence linking what we are experiencing right now, the extreme weather, including the heavy rainfall, with the issue of climate change? Thank you for the question. I think scientifically, uh, we definitely hold, have more and more data, information, knowledge that we know no more about what's happening there. If you look at the climate change issues there, 90, more than 90% of the issues is about the water, right? And uh, for one degree Celsius temperature warming, and the air holds up 7% more you know, humidity into the atmosphere right through the evaporation there. So just imagine when you have 7% more humidity uh, or, you know, sort of sucked up in the atmosphere, you started to see them plus the high pressure element there. So you started to see more and more atmospheric rivers actually, or even dam functioning like a dam formed up actually in the atmosphere. So with the airflow, the atmospheric flow, with the current flow, whatever, with all the factors coming together, we started to experience more uh, extreme weather events, particularly now, uh, you know, in the northern part of China, in, through the Beijing area, we've been going through the torrential rains, downpours mm. at record level. Uh, in the meantime, if you look at the heat waves, and the northern hemisphere, southern hemisphere, we are literally living in a really warming and uh, Earth, the planet at this moment there. Tell us about the adaptation and preparation for adaptation throughout the years. Uh, nature definitely has its own way in terms of regulating the water flows. Sure. There's a whole system in nature that's supposedly to play a very significant role in that process. But of course, the reality we are living now is the more intensive, more frequent, and more durable sort of you know extreme weather events, and literally overwhelming the capacity. So besides the nature part, actually, so human beings, when we manage our regional you know land use planning, 
urban developments, whatever. So we've been dramatically transformed the land function, the structure, the water system there. And even though actually adaptation or resilience or response to natural disasters has been very important part of land use planning process, but somehow we build up an infrastructure like a drainage systems and make sure we have like a diversion area, stuff like that, but somehow with more intensity or intensive, uh, you know, downpours, precipitation, like we've been experiencing in northern part of China, basically saying whatever we have today and uh, the infrastructure, the adaptation capability definitely is not adequate to better respond actually to the natural disaster like that. What about prevention? What about adaptation? Which is more important? Now, of course, the conclusion is we need to do both, but with limited resources and energy and possibility human resources, which to focus on now? Well, both, as you said very correctly, uh, I think on you know, mitigation adaptation, at least actually are equally important because we understand, uh, you know, one major drivers actually for the intensified, more frequent extreme weather events and disasters is because continued rise of emissions there, right, of, of right. burning fossil fuels there. So we do need to mitigate. But in the meantime, we're already living in this sort of climate change era. And so we need to learn how to adapt and enhance our resilience. You know, you need investments. Uh, in infrastructure, and as well as actually knowledge expertise there as well. Not only infrastructure, but also the behavior changes, actually, society, everyone in it together. Mm. In the meantime, we, we are now re-examining literally, you know, how our food system works, uh, how to build an energy system, and how the water system works, whatever. So there, this is a whole new era, probably, of resilience at this moment. Uh, that's really put a human society, you know, humanity together to the task, mm. to the challenge that we need to think deeper in terms of mm. how we, you know, build our social economic structure, build right. up a physical infrastructure, uh, as well as a sort of make sure everyone in it working together. The CGTN's Tianwei speaking with Wu Changhua, China Director for the Office of Jeremy Rifkin. Subscribe to Climate Watch on major podcast platforms and be part of the expedition that can shape the destiny of our world. Across the globe, extreme weather events triggered by climate change have become more frequent in many countries. Our reporter Guanna has the latest. Here in Asia, Typhoon Kanon has hit South Korea and Japan, forcing authorities to cancel flights and high-speed trains. The typhoon brought strong winds and heavy rains, which caused flooding and power outages in many places. In Europe, several countries are grappling with both rainstorms and extreme heat. Storm Hans has wreaked havoc across the Nordic country of Norway, causing severe flooding, road closures, and transportation disruptions. Part of a dam at a power plant collapsed, following flooding caused by the storm. Meantime, Spain's third heat wave of the summer reached its peak, with temperatures reaching 44 degrees Celsius in the country's central and southern regions. Authorities have warned of wildfires and dry storms, which means thunder and lightning without rainfall in many parts of the country.
In Africa, this year's great spectacle of wildebeest migration from Tanzania's Serengeti to Kenya's Masamara was reportedly delayed for more than a month. The delay has been attributed to the now erratic seasonal rainfall patterns, which have also caused the migratory herds to shrink. In North America, unprecedented raging wildfires have killed dozens of people on two islands in Hawaii. The fires are filled by winds from Hurricane Dora on the islands of Maui and the Big Island have also devastated the historic town of Lahaina. In Latin America, Chile is experiencing unprecedented heat waves during what should be the middle of winter in the southern hemisphere. Winter temperatures in San Diego have exceeded 30 degrees Celsius. Climate change is real. It calls for both individual and global efforts to mitigate and adapt to climate change and protect our planet. That's all we have for this edition of Climate Watch. Subscribe to our show on major podcast platforms. Together, we can make a difference.